And so I think just finding a search partner who is going to share your passion and enthusiasm for what you're doing is really critical. One of the speakers was the former general counsel for the FDA, and he was sharing with the crowd that day that about 60% of the issues that they encounter with new drug applications are a result of issues with CMC or GMP. There is a higher demand for business leaders that are more technically savvy. So we are placing more CEOs and top-level executives that are MDs or PhDs or MD-PhDs. And um, that is because the science is so advanced, it's so um, complex, that a lot of companies feel like that uh, evangelist who is their CEO needs to be very comfortable in talking about the science. Hello, everybody. On this episode of the Tetra Science Podcast, we hosted Leslie Loveless, CEO of Sloan Partners. Leslie shared a number of points on the importance of making the right hires at a new or growing biotech. We hope you enjoy this episode. Leslie, thank you for joining us today. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your background and Sloan Partners specifically? Of course, Steve, and thank you very much for having me here today. Uh, I am the CEO of Sloan Partners, and we are a search firm that specializes in life sciences, diagnostics, uh, specialty testing services, as well as data and analytics companies. Um, we are a little bit different than the average executive search firm in that we do a lot of executive placements. Approximately half of the work we do is at the C-level or VP level. However, the other half of the work that we do is a little deeper into the organization because we like to serve as a true partner to our clients and support them throughout their organization and not just at the very top level. Um, I've been with the company for 12 and a half years. Uh, Sloan Partners has been in business for uh, going on 19 years. And uh, we have approximately 50 people across the country and serve all areas um, and regions of the country in terms of, of uh, companies that fit into those verticals that I mentioned. How did you personally become involved in science? So I actually never imagined that I would be in science in that I uh, really loved more of the liberal arts path when I was younger and in fact at one point thought I would be an English professor and uh, went into teaching for about five years and um, really enjoyed that but decided when I was in my mid to late 20s that it, it probably wasn't the path that I wanted to go my whole life and I made a transition into sales with a a large pharmaceutical company. And uh, one thing led to another from there. And I met Adam Sloan, the founder of Sloan Partners. And uh, eventually, he recruited me to uh, join a company as a director of sales training and development. And then later, I joined him in a recruiting role. And so um, I've been in the life sciences now since I was 27 years old, and um, I love it. It's so exciting. There's never a dull moment, and I've never really looked back. It's an interesting intersection between managing people and also knowing about the science. So what are some of the experiences that have proven most impactful over your career, especially as it applies to Sloan Partners? I think that the most important learning experiences that have affected how I think about everything day to day is just 
the way that um, we have come to understand people, their motivations, how they make decisions. So when you're in recruiting, whether it's life sciences or another area of industry, it's really important to understand people, to be very intuitive, to become accustomed to hearing what they say, but also hearing what they don't say, uh, because both are equally important when you're trying to recruit talent for one of your client partners. And so I think that just learning how to predict people's behaviors, anticipate what they're going to do, anticipate what they're going to say, and how that's going to affect a search and our client ultimately are the things that have been most meaningful uh, relative to the work that we do today. Lastly, on the broader topic of science, in your opinion, what has been the single biggest leap in life sciences over the past 20 years? So I think uh, sequencing of the human genome is is uh, certainly the most exciting and impactful as it relates to advances in life sciences. Uh, you know, now, as we look at the meaning behind that and uh, focus on the understanding of genes involved in different types of types of cancer, heart disease, um, diabetes, depression, and, and lots of other diseases, we are looking at the many exciting possibilities in precision medicine. And, and now there are therapies that can be selected and prescribed with much greater efficacy because doctors understand in advance, based on genetic makeup, how patients are going to respond. Let's dive into Sloan a little bit more. There's a lot of recruitment firms out there. What makes Sloan different and what makes Sloan special? So this is a great question, and you're right. There are lots of firms out there. And in short, I, I believe that we operate with unmatched passion for our client partners and what they do. And I think that really is a distinguishing point. Um, we mirror the enthusiasm our clients have for the work that they're doing and the impact on patient lives. And when you have oftentimes one shot at getting an executive or a, a key leader on the phone to talk to them about an opportunity, you really have to make an impact in that call. You have to get their attention and get it quickly. And because we have such great people on our team across the country, they have learned how to really emulate the enthusiasm that our clients have for the work they're doing in their conversations with potential candidates. Internally, how do you feel that you operate differently from other companies out there? So we are very detail-oriented. Um, it's all about follow-up, communication, making sure that there isn't a beat missed at any point, because um, it is very true, uh, that cliche of the devil is in the details. Uh, in recruiting, it is absolutely a, a fact that um, the details can cause you to stumble um, in the recruitment process with great candidates. And so you have to be very focused on that. Um, we work extremely hard to make sure that there are never moments where our clients feel like they are in the dark or they don't understand what's happening. Our goal is to take the pressure away from them as it relates to recruiting the people that they need. So we want to bear that burden for them. We want to relieve them of any concern or anxiety they have around whether or not they're going to have the right people in place. And a big part of that is just making sure they are always in the know that there's never a time when they are questioning what work is being done and whether or not the right progress is being made on their search. So Leslie, 
what are things that executive teams and life sciences can do to improve their ability to recruit the talent they need that is so in demand? And what are some of the common shortages in talent for life science companies that you're seeing? Both great questions. And first, I will say that I think most importantly, executive teams need to care about building a culture that people don't want to leave. Because the hard truth is that there will always be a company that is willing to pay more for a great talent. There will always be that company. And one of the goals for leadership teams really should be, and I sort of hate to say this, but one of the goals should be that their people don't want to spend time talking to people like Sloan Partners because they are so happy and so committed and um, so in tune with the, the culture and the people at the company where they serve that they're not really interested in leaving, even if it does mean a pay raise for them. So I think, you know, caring about the environment that people work in and really trying to make it one of those places that people just want to remain and and continue working and grow and be productive and, and part of the company's success. So really putting time into that and figuring out how to make your company that company. In terms of where the shortages are in talent for life sciences, I think um, there are three that are are pretty key. Um, regulatory and quality, I'll kind of put those two together. And the, the bottom line is that there are more companies launching. As a result, there are more products moving through pipelines. And when that is the case, there is more of a demand for people in these key areas of regulatory and quality because you cannot achieve success without great people in those two roles. Um, it was interesting. Yesterday, I attended a an annual meeting for one of the big local VCs, and uh, one of the speakers was the former general counsel for the FDA. And he was sharing with the crowd that day that about 60% of the issues that they encounter with new drug applications are a result of issues with CMC or GMP. And so the quality piece is really important to, to success with getting drugs to market. Um, the other roles that I see a shortage in, and this is um, very specific to a clinical application, uh, is in bioinformatics, computer science, machine learning. Um, there's more demand for those types of skills in life sciences because they can uh, affect the um, speed and cost at which a drug goes through the approval process and gets to market. And so there definitely is a high demand for those skills um, as it relates to clinical application and translational work. And so I think those are the ones that probably stand out the most. Awesome. So what are some of the qualities that you think life science companies should be looking for in terms of their search firm partners to ensure that they're aligned with their long-term goals? Sure. So I think that it is really important to find a search firm that is very excited about working with you. Uh, so that, I think, is a distinguishing quality for our company and our people. We are always excited 
to be part of a great story. And we don't treat it like, okay, we did this search last week or last month. It's it's a new search, a new company, a new story, and we are so excited about telling it. And so I think just finding a search partner who is going to share your passion and enthusiasm for what you're doing is really critical. Um, I also think it's important that uh, search firms come to meetings where they're being vetted uh, to be a search partner very prepared. If they're not coming understanding what you do and understanding what the competitive landscape looks like and having a plan, um, at least a, a preliminary plan relative to how they would tackle the search that you are considering conducting with them, then it's likely indicative of poor planning overall. Um, I think finally, just making sure that the search firm that you work with is talking about the importance of culture in a company. So at Sloan Partners, we always look for the people who can do the job, the people who will love the job, and the people that will fit into the company. And it's really important that all three of those elements are present in a placed candidate, because if one of them is missing, in all likelihood, it will not be a long-term fit. So I imagine that competition for these top leaders in life sciences makes your job very difficult, whether that's from uh, other companies, whether that's from other recruitment firms. It could be uh, a need, a fit, the right timing, as we see with all types of startups um, across any industry. So I'm curious, though, how has the competition for top leaders in life sciences changed over the past decade And how is it going to continue to evolve, in your opinion, moving forward? So I will start with the fact that there are more companies launching at this time than there have been in the recent years. And the result is that there is more of a demand for these high-level, executive, incredibly smart leaders. And I think that the reality is based on what I'm hearing from investor groups, that is not likely to change anytime soon. The investors continue to be bullish about the market and very excited about um, the the coming months and years and and have no reason to um, right now expect that there's going to be a, a trend change. And so what that means is that the the demand for these types of key executive leaders is just going to keep going up. Um, I think that what that means as far as um, how we evolve and go forward is that the companies, whether it's a board trying to recruit a CEO or a CEO trying to recruit um, the direct reports to him or her, you have to figure out what your story is, what is your value proposition, and you have to focus on the opportunities beyond the present with those leaders that you hire, because everyone wants to be excited about what they're doing now, but they also want to be excited about what they might be doing in two years or three years. And so there has to be something there that is compelling, that is going to allow the person to make the leap and feel good about making that leap. So as a software company, we're always interested in technology. How have the many recent technological changes in life sciences also affected the leadership skills needed for top companies to succeed in the market? 
So this is a very significant difference that I have noticed in the last 10 years, and that is that there is a higher demand for business leaders that are more technically savvy. So we are placing more CEOs and top-level executives that are MDs or PhDs or MD-PhDs, and um, that is because the science is so advanced, it's so um, complex, that a lot of companies feel like that uh, evangelist who is their CEO needs to be very comfortable in talking about the science. And so we are seeing a demand for um, more physician executive types um, than what we have in the past. You talk a little bit too about life science leaders needing to be excited about the future of their company and their work. But what are you personally most excited for with the future of Sloan Partners? I would have to say I'm most excited about the people in our company. Uh, We have a very experienced, tenured, and committed group of people who give their best every single day to our client partners and to the candidates that we work with. Our leadership team is regularly commenting internally about the fact that we work in a culture that really rewards success and brings out the best in every one of our team members. And when you work in a space like life sciences and you get to um, month after month, year after year, see all of the changes that are happening that really save lives and improve lives and make such differences. And we get to be a part of that by finding and placing the leaders that are driving that growth and driving that um, forward momentum in identifying new therapies, new diagnostics, uh, new tools that are going to um, help save save lives and, and end a lot of suffering. It's just the most amazing feeling. And we're thrilled to be part of it. That's a nice segue into the next section, talking about the biotech and life sciences industry as a whole. What are some of the major trends that you see now emerging in the biotech industry? So as far as trends in the uh, biotech industry, I would say that uh, there are a couple of things that are, are important to comment on. One, we've talked a lot about already, and that is just that uh, as more and more companies launch and they are fighting for the same talent, I mean, th- there are so many uh, immunotherapy companies, gene therapy companies, cell therapy companies. Um, there are a lot of companies that are emerging in the um the gene editing space. And all of these companies are looking in a talent pool that is quite small. And so I think that the that one of the trends that we see is just that there is a big focus on building company cultures that draw people in. And as a search firm, we have had the pleasure of working with many amazing leaders and companies. And there also have been a number over the years where it's clear that they haven't cared enough about that. And, you know, a great candidate goes in and they either call us at the end of the interview and say how in love they are with the company and the people, or they say, this is not a fit for me because of X, Y, and Z. And so I think that 
one of the most important trends is that we're just seeing a heavier focus on how do we build that special place that people want to be part of. Um, I think that also goes along with, um, you know, different concepts around benefits. And, you know, we have clients that bring in lunch every day, catered lunch every day, um, that have gyms on site, that give unlimited PTO, you know, the the things that are um, sort of part of the perks, but not specifically tied to compensation. And those are, are just nice add-ons that people pay attention to. It's introducing a human element to what has traditionally been a very structured, regimented industry in some ways. Absolutely. It's becoming um, more about how does it feel to be at work every day? And do I like how it feels? Uh, A lot of open concept offices where you go in and people are sitting in cubes that have no, you know, closed doors, or if they're in an office that has a door, it's glass walls. Um, You know, it's it's just a different vibe that invites collaboration and um, a more friendly atmosphere. So what about non-scientific disciplines, things like design, machine learning that are being introduced and embedded within the industry? What are your thoughts on on that convergence of the life science and these non-scientific disciplines? So this is clearly happening already and will just continue to grow. Companies like Google, Amazon, Apple, Uber, they're all crossing over into healthcare in some way. And I think that shows no signs of slowing down. Uh, Certainly, there is a crossover of talent in those areas. So it's very common for us to get requests from healthcare clients saying that they would love to pursue someone that has a Google background or an Apple background or an Amazon background. And they want because those companies represent the best in talent um, as it uh, relates to tech type skills. And there's so much room for growth in healthcare with those types of skills, the application of tech as it relates to clinical trials, uh, patient stratification, identifying the patients that are going to uh, be the right matches for a particular drug target. And uh, so I I think that that crossover is going to continue. And uh, I think that, you know, healthcare will only benefit from being able to pull the talent from those companies. Are you seeing changes? Changes within Sloan that have to align with some of those changes or resonate, you know, within Sloan as well? Well, absolutely. In terms of the candidates that we're reaching out to, um, I think, you know, if you'd asked me this 10 years ago, would I have thought it likely that we would be calling people from Amazon and Google? I probably would have said not now and not for the foreseeable future, but we do it every day now because we work so much in uh, data and analytics and and trying to bring those types of candidates over to healthcare that it certainly has affected our work and our relationships and, and network in general. It's interesting. We work with a ag tech company whose VP of data science had spent the, her entire 20 years working in marketing leading up to that point. It just goes to show that you're sort of casting a much broader net. It's a portion of that. Absolutely. So as, as a software company, we're, you know, we're always interested in hearing our guest thoughts on scientific software. Scientific software has been around for 20 plus years. You know, 
what are you seeing some of those changes within software? You know, I'm curious to know, does that impact your search criteria at all and the work that you're doing for your companies? But how are you seeing that impact what you, the organizations you do, you work with on a daily basis? Scientific software uh, is most important to our company because of how it impacts our clients. Um, there are better tools and, and they just keep getting better. Um, our clients are able to make meaning out of big data that leads to a better understanding of disease, of biology, of individual patients and how they're going to respond to a particular therapy. And all of this is rooted in advances in scientific software. There are many, many companies that are focused today on um, on scientific software uh, related to genomic data. And um, both in clinical as as well as in discovery, uh, they are they're developing products that are helping make sense of data that has always been there, but no one could understand and figure out what to do with it. And so that is how it affects us. Um, but just in terms of what we have to do in response to that market change. Uh, we have become very well versed very quickly in the different computer languages and um, the terms used in machine learning because we have to be able to ask our candidates what their experiences are with various uh, computer languages and and uh, you know their their experience in um, the different aspects of machine learning and the application of machine learning in clinical realm. So uh, yes, I mean it, it's it's a huge change. It's a huge change for us, us in the language that we speak every day. Um, but I think most importantly, it's a, a huge and positive change for our clients and the impact that it has on their work day to day. What do you think the biotech industry will look like in a decade from now? My hope and belief is that we will have a real line of sight to important cures uh, so gene editing is a really promising tool. It comes with a lot of uh, sort of stigmas and, and public conversation around how it's going to be utilized and um, the meaning of gene editing uh, in ways that make people a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but ultimately, I think we will move forward with these new technologies. And uh, in the case of gene editing, we're talking about, you know, curing disease, through the insertion, deletion, or modification of DNA in the genome. And I think we can't step away from that. We need to figure out a way to manage it and make sure that it is being used um, with the utmost integrity. Um, but my hope is that in 10 years, we are really looking at a way to, uh, a pathway to end suffering for cancer and, and other diseases that are, are just um, really... Uh, difficult for patients to, to live with and endure. That's great. And I think that's a large reason as to why we're all involved in this industry. Last question, bigger reclamation project, Elizabeth Holmes or Martin Shkreli as a recruiter? Wow. You don't have to answer that. Don't worry. <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm not sure I even want to step in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> That was awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Leslie. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the industry and about Sloan Partners.